Hi, I'm Kathy Rushing, host of the podcast Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage. If your middle name is Restless and you identify with words like innovator, dreamer, changemaker, creative, independent, or you are married to an entrepreneur or heaven help you, you're both entrepreneurs, this podcast is for you. The entrepreneurial journey can be a little wild at times, like uncharted territory. Join me as I talk with others who are at various stages of the entrepreneur process. We'll explore the wisdom and insights they have gained while navigating the ups and downs of the entrepreneur journey. You'll discover that there are many couples who have found ways to thrive in both their marriage and business. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and have a healthy family? This is the multi-part question that Andre and Jeff Schinnebarger wanted to answer when they started the Lover Work Project about three years ago. They set out to interview a hundred working couples, sometimes traveling in an airstream provided by one of the project's partners, and this made for some interesting stories in their book. They also worked with the Barna Group to survey a larger cross-section of working couples. Jeff and Andre recently birthed a third child. Their book, Love or Work, which compiles their experience with all they've learned during this project. Andre works as a physician assistant in downtown Atlanta. Jeff is a social entrepreneur and author of two other books. He's the founder and executive director of Plywood People, a nonprofit community of startups doing good. This was another fun, insightful interview with people that have done the work to have a great relationship. Let's do this. Good afternoon, Jeff and Andre. Welcome to the Committed, the Entrepreneur Marriage podcast. I am so glad to have you guys. How are you doing today? Good. We're glad to be we here. We are so glad to be here. Great. Great. Well, this is take two. We got five minutes into the interview and realized we weren't recording. So the truth. here you we go. You came out with the truth. <laughs> I came out with the truth. I am too honest. I well, I um, I was up late last night reading your book, Love or Work. Uh, Jeff and Andre have just released their book, uh, the first book they've written together called Love or Work. And so I want to introduce you to people that may not yet know you. And I say yet, because after you hear this podcast interview with them, you are just going to want to like, don't, you know, don't pass go, don't stop, don't collect $200, just <laughs> buy their book. There is oh. so much wisdom in it. And I just want to thank you guys so much. You're I just appreciate your your honesty, your curiosity, and especially your vulnerability. I mean, you just cover topics that I think it will help a lot of couples. So thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah. To get started, let's do an icebreaker just to let people get to know you a little bit. And if your marriage was a team sport, what would it be? Oh, boy. 
Well, I'm going to jump in and say, because I played volleyball, uh, I'm going to say beach volleyball, two person, you know, we have to set each other up for success. You need both people to make it happen. You take turns serving. You take turns. Mm -hmm. Oh, like oh you said serving. I like that. <laughs> um, and then we also got to throw in a little dirt and grit and sand and sweat. And sometimes you got to dive. You got to get scraped up. So yeah. all of that. So marriage is I, it actually like I, a sweaty, nasty beach volleyball game. <laughs> that was funny. We did. There was one other time we talked about this where Andre and I we play pickleball. I don't know if you've ever heard of pickleball. I've heard of it. I thought it was an old person game. It is. We, it my, is an old person game. It is. My husband won't play. Oh, <laughs> but the young bucks are doing it now. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll give it a try. But we we have talked about this 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 experience where like the ball. It's kind of like tennis. It's a, it, let's call it's it a mini tennis. tennis. But you uh, a ball will go in between the two of us, you know, and either you both kind of hit it together, and one of us hits it. The other person is like, or, or a second option is like, it's mine. And they start taking all the balls over. That doesn't work out so good. Or the third option is a ball goes in between you and neither one of you swing swing, and you both look at each other like, well, why didn't you swing? It was your fault. You know, it's kind of similar <laughs> volleyball can have those same experiences. So uh, those are a couple random sports that I think may answer your question. But we yeah. are pickleball champions. We are two time so, champions. Two time Y'all are not competitive or anything, right? <laughs> we did. In our house, we play a lot of games. We are very competitive. And one time, we used to play a, a game called Settlers of Catan a lot. We had to. It got so out of control. We had it's to. It's not in our house anymore. We had to get rid of that game. <laughs> it was ruining our marriage. <laughs> oh, no. What was it called? Settlers of Catan. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, uh, it has quite a cult following. Cult following, yeah. but not for cool. us anymore. Not for us. No more. No more. <laughs> you drew the line there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I love that volleyball analogy. That's great. What are three words that you would use to describe your partner? Yeah, so I, you know, Andre, there's many adjectives that I could use for Andre. But one All of the... good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mostly good. No, um, independent would be at the highest level, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. What else? And I would say independent. Like that's when we were, when I had fallen in love with Andre, she had her own vision of what she wanted to do in life and it didn't include any man. So, <laughs> but it that changed over time. And I think she's always had that. It's a great strength of hers. Second, I would say she's courageous. She even tells her kids like, Hey, we can do hard things. We're willing to to stick through the hard times because this is what we should be doing. And and um, yeah, even when it's difficult. And then uh, the third thing I would say is intentional. She she doesn't like to waste time with things. Like she's like, if I'm gonna do something, I have to believe in it, and it has to matter. And there's a lot of things she's doing in life. It, so it's like like let's be very intentional about what she's going to do. What, what would you say? Yeah. Uh, for Jeff, I would say creative. He is our, he's the idea man. He's creative. He's always thinking of great fun things to do um, and ways to do things differently. So he's my challenger. So he's my biggest challenger in life. Um, as he said, I'm, I can 
go my own way and do my own thing, but he will always push back and challenge me, which I don't always have with people. I think I can be a easy bulldozer and uh, (laughs) just bulldoze over things and to go after my goals or whatever it is. He definitely challenges me to not do that or to take a moment. And um, he is my, so we talk about or fire and ice. And so I would say he's Uh my ice. Like he calms me, he settles me, he um, brings me back to like myself and my true self and what I really care about. Um, And so, yeah, Hmm. those are my thoughts. That was nice of you to say. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) it's nice to hear those good things even when you're intentional about saying them right we Mm. can't hear the good things too much that's right well i'm curious once you got this book finished what did you guys do to celebrate oh well it's kind of funny covid time everything you know we finished the whole book before covid so everything was done and off to print so there wasn't a whole lot that we could change after that point. Mm -hmm. And then um, basically it came out right in the midst of COVID. So it's been a lot harder to celebrate. We did. I turned my hat around for you to see. (laughs) This is a, there's a restaurant in Atlanta called the optimist. And we, that was like our first, this was the night before our book launched, right? Mm. It was our anniversary. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we went to a nice (laughs) restaurant and it was funny. We had done a fundraiser there for the nonprofit I lead like a year ago. And in the fundraiser, everyone that like won a, um, this is so random, but it's part of the story. Uh, Everyone that won like part of the, um, like a live auction item, our auctioneer would go put the hat on the person's head. They had bought the, all the optimist hats out that night and he would just go around and he'd throw a hat on someone's head. So it's like, random people he doesn't even know like their hair is done perfectly he just throw a hat on so when we were at the optimist this was what two weeks ago we both looked at each other and we were like we should buy hats and so we both got a hat that night and we're like we're gonna no we're gonna do this this is like part of celebrating we're just gonna buy a hat from this place so that was something fun and little that we did random random yeah did you have something planned that got, you know, for the celebration that got canceled because of COVID? Well, or were you just trying to get to the finish line no, with it? I mean, you always want to do, like, we love, like, parties. So we would yeah. wanted to throw a book launch. We would have wanted to be with all of our friends. You know, we would have wanted it to be more of a community. I think a, a, our community helped us write this book Mm -hmm. and we would have wanted it to be a celebration with them and saying thank you to them because we Mm -hmm. couldn't have done this without them. Half the time they're taking care of our kids, half the time Mm -hmm. they're, um, you know, giving us ideas or conversations or working through chapters with us. So there's so many things that we wish that we could have probably done more with like a big thank you shindig, but that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing about that. I know it was some disappointment to not be able to celebrate, but hopefully very soon you guys can have a big celebration with your friends and community that helped you get this launch. Like, uh, it's not unlike starting a business, right, Jeff? Mm. <laughs> Writing a book together? I mean, it's, I haven't done it yet, but... Yeah, for us, it took three years. I mean, this project has been... Really? Um, I mean, it's been 18 years of, like, wrestling through the concepts together. 
but yeah. Um, yeah. three years of doing research and interviewing couples and um, and trying to make sense of all of it, you know? And, and yeah. it's not done. It's funny, we always talk about, you know, writing a book is the first half of that's hard, and then the second half is like sharing about it and getting people to know about it, and it's a it's a whole it's a whole journey for sure. Writing yeah. is the easiest part. <laughs> the promotion and the self promotion that's hard for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I bet. And then a well written book, which this one is, mm-hmm. it, you make it look so easy when you distill the information down and put it into the chapters. So. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. Well, let's hear some about your story and just give us a glimpse of what life looks like for the Shinnebargers currently. Where do you live? What do you do? How many kids? Yeah, so uh, we've been married 18 years. We live in a neighborhood called East Atlanta Village on the kind of the southeast side of Atlanta. Um, We've lived there for 13 years now, and I lead a nonprofit here in Atlanta called Plywood People, and Plywood is a nonprofit that leads a community of startups doing good. And um, we help get things off the ground, get ideas off the ground, everything from nonprofit organizations to for-profit social enterprises. We've worked with hundreds and hundreds of projects that sometimes succeed and oftentimes don't. Isn't it like make over it. 700? Over now? 700 projects, yeah. Oh, that is awesome. And Congratulations. Yeah. And, it, you know, very visionary. Yes. And, it, you know, it's encouraging the people we get to work with, just they see problems in the world and are trying to give their life to restore it in some way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's super encouraging. And, yeah. So I am a physician assistant. I work at a clinic here in Atlanta. I take care of a very underserved population here, and we have two kids, uh, 10 and 8. And yeah, I think right now is COVID season for us. And so for me as a medical professional, um, this is a very busy, busy, hard season. So um, just doing a lot of COVID things for the most kind of high-risk, vulnerable populations here. Mm. So that's what it looks like. And it's a lot of readjusting. Our kids are in virtual school. And, uh, you know, there's all the things right now that makes this tension between love and work just seem even greater. You know, it just expounds even more. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we wrote this book before COVID, like we said. And then now with COVID, we're like, oh, yeah, this matters a lot, <laughs> a lot right now. Yep. So. And y'all have been married how long? 18 years. 18 years. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And reading your book, I mean, your your schedules are so full. How in the world did you guys have the bandwidth to to do this this project? Yeah, so, I mean, we had to commit time and energy. I mean, uh, basically, Andre... Every Friday, it would be like our lover work day. So she would, you know, she would say, hey, on Fridays, we're going to do interviews. We're going to be doing some writing. We'll be whatever, updating things. And so we both kind of commit that day to it. And then to write the book, it took about nine months of of focus energy. So what we would do is we would block off weekends, um, one weekend a month. And sometimes that would mean the two of us going away someplace for the weekend um, and getting sitters for the kids or family members or friends or someone. Other times it would be like Andre will go away for one night 
she comes back, we literally like give each other a high five and kiss. And then we, (laughs) we flip flop, you know, and I would go away for one night and which is interesting because it, it, you know, you were asking earlier about competition. Like I remember the first time (laughs) we, the first weekend we did that, Andre went away. She wrote thousand, like five or seven, how many, five or 6,000 words in one night. Like she was on fire. So then, like we kind of pass a baton and I go down to this, our friend's lake house and I'm like, okay, I gotta like keep up with Andre. I wrote like 300 words and they were all, I don't think we used any word, you know. But then the next month, like I was on fire and she wasn't. So it was it was an interesting, um, interesting process. There's ebbs and flows to, you know, that creative process and learning yeah. each other's creative process is really hard. Um, understanding your own creative process so that you just stay in your own flow Mm. and let him get in his flow. You know, uh, we are very different people. So we wrote differently too and, uh, and create differently too. So yeah, we had to learn all those things. Well, there, there are a lot of books out there on marriage. What prompted you guys to say, Hey, we have something to share here. Yeah, we have read a lot of books about marriage. Um, most of them are written by men. Uh, most of them are white men. And I'm just waiting to hear some women, you know. And also, I just, I wanted both perspectives. I wanted to hear both, you know, every, it's like two sides of the same story, right? But that's how you get the full story. And I wanted that really bad. um, And I didn't find that in very many books. And then I also, I mean, Jeff and I have read a ton of married marriage books, relationship books, something like that. And there's nothing that's talking like there's like communication and language Mm -hmm. styles and love language and all these things. But there's like there's a big glaring thing called work. Mm -hmm that mm-hmm. no that interrupts everything every day and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> like yes, why, I agree. why aren't we talking about the biggest thing, which is work yeah. and how it affects yeah. your relationship and marriage? I don't understand. So we just didn't see it out there and we were like, well, then we are gonna do it and we're gonna do it different and we're gonna write it how we would want it, uh, a book to be written and how we would mm-hmm. want to read it. So and we we actually say that n- both of us would say that not everything written in the book we both agree with. She like wrote some 100%. things that I'm not fully behind yeah. and yeah. I wrote some things she's like I would definitely not ever write that, you know. But that's kind of <laughs> isn't that marriage? Like that's part of the mm-hmm. the partnership yeah. that we have is like we don't have to agree on every single thing in life, you know. Every morning I drink black coffee and she puts cream in her coffee and it drives me crazy. Like, why do we have to put cream in it? Right. Isn't that the only way? Right. Exactly. (laughs) But like, that's just life. It's two people coming together and trying to figure out how to do it together. You know, and I, I think that's that's the premise of the whole the whole story we're trying to live. Yeah. And I love that that you like you said, Andre, you incorporated that piece of work because that is such a big part of our lives. And especially from a woman's perspective, I think that's what I found so refreshing about this book and wish that I had had a similar conversation 20, 30 years ago, because I thought a lot of these same things, but I wasn't as courageous or didn't have the assertiveness skills maybe to to say what I was needing. 
one of the things I really enjoyed about the book is that it's not prescriptive. It's not like this is the way to do work and marriage, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, here are topics. And then you provide questions and references to some of your podcast episodes. So I think you've created just a wonderful resource for couples wherever they are, whatever stage of life. I'm going to read a a quote from what personally I enjoyed the most. And I'm at a very different stage of life where empty nesters like 10 years out. Mm -hmm. So we're not dealing with the children. Yeah perspective and having yes we survived (laughs) and we have we we made it and I will say this to you with young children we raised people that we love spending time with that's the and so that's probably the hardest part of empty nest is just you know somebody said one time just about the time you get your kids to where you really like them they leave home (laughs) well we liked ours most of the time that they were home anyway but they are they're some of our favorite people to spend time with and our in-laws we all three kids are married and Mm. we just we love our family so but we've worked very hard also to create communication and relationships But I really loved how you all developed the idea of supporting each other and understanding each other's gifts and passions and desires. And I want to read just a short outtake. And I can't remember if this was your chapter, Andre. Um, One of the greatest gifts a partner can bring you is helping you find clarity in the pursuit of your purpose. Supporting your partner's purpose will mean making sacrifices, but reaching a point where all three loves, loving our partner, loving our purpose, and loving our partner's purpose, are working together is crucial to a healthy life. Mm -hmm. I just loved how you guys talked about loving your partner's purpose. Mm -hmm. Can you share an example of a time when you had to work with competing goals, <laughs> competing work goals? Always. I don't know. Always? Uh, no, mm-hmm. I mean, we both love our jobs. We both love our work. We're really passionate mm-hmm. about it. I mean, um, and Jeff loves his job, you know, but we also know that we both love each other and we both love our kids. So there's other dynamics at play besides just that. But, I mean, one of the statistics is only three in 10 people feel encouraged by their partner Mm -hmm. to pursue their work and dreams, which is kind of the whole premise of that chapter that um, I think Jeff wrote that one. But three in 10, that's only 30% of people feel encouraged by their partner. And I think that's where we just thought there was such a deficit that, you know, Jeff came up with the three great loves, like loving each, you know, loving each other loving our own work and what we're doing and then loving our partner's work to help them pursue Mm -hmm. what they want to do. Yeah, there was a time, it was actually after I had written my second book that this, I think we share the story in the book, um, but I had written my second book and I I came home and I told Andre, I'm done. We finished the book. We're turning it in. Isn't it so exciting? Let's go celebrate. 
I, I said, do you want to, um, do you want to read the final, final version? She's like, no, I, there is no <laughs> way in hell I want to read this book. <laughs> she's like, I'm so she done. was done. And I was like, what do you, I tell stories about you. I do. All, and she's like, listen, I read them all. It's fine. I'm, and then she looked at me and she's like, it's, when is it going to be my turn for my dreams to take priority? Uh, ultimately that was like the tension and it was fair. I mean, I lead an organization where I help everyone else mm -hmm. have their dreams come to life. And then the mm -hmm. person close to me, the person I love the most was looking at me going, when is it my turn for my dream? You know, and she didn't feel that support person was like, wow. So we had to really unpack that and really, really change. Like, okay, so if, tell me what some of those dreams are that you want to pursue in the next year or two or three years. And, mm -hmm. and what do I need to do to make it give you the freedom to be able to do that? Um, which ended up turning into, she had wanted to be a part of this project that was in Honduras where she was doing medical work um, mm -hmm. overseas. And that meant I had to give her the freedom and encourage her to take week long trips to go and do that, which was hard on me, you know, to take mm -hmm. on the responsibility of the kids for that season. But like that was kind of, I think one thing we've really learned is that we have to have ebbs and flows of the season of who takes dream, what dreams take priority mm -hmm. when. So that would be one scenario that I remember back. I mean, uh, the contrast is constant. It all like, but um and the yeah. ebb and flow is a constant ebb and flow i mean we're in covid season right now and yeah my job is crazy i'm a medical professional if i'm not doing this now why did i even go into this field you know and so mm -hmm. i am covid testing and taking care of a lot of COVID oh, patients and and like it it's i'm gone like i'm not home i'm busy 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 mm -hmm. and you know, he had to understand, he had to realize like, yeah, this is literally why you spent hours and thousands and thousands of dollars to pursue your degree to do this. Like if you're not doing it now, why'd you, you know? And so he yeah. had to support me in this time and he's been home and being a teacher and a dad and a stay home dad and all the things mm -hmm. so that I could do that, you know? So I think that there's always ebbs and flows and there's seasons that you allow each other you know to take priority or but they're always going to bump heads um you just have to kind of you know allow those seasons to flow and realize that it's a season and it should end mm -hmm. so a season's mm -hmm. not a season unless it ends and that means it's just a lifetime and a lifetime yeah. is not going to work you know yeah, it's not sustainable yeah. And the challenging thing about COVID is like, <laughs> when does this season end? Right. That one's out of our control. Yeah. But I know you talk in your book about, uh, you know, seasons and to the as much as we can. It's a little different with entrepreneur ventures sometimes because my husband started his business when he was 40. Uh, it's still a season to some degree. We, we don't see an end. <laughs> But we had a long conversation. And so just so you know, the kinds of conversations sparked through the, your book and your conversation questions. But we talked this morning about I was telling my husband, Mark, about um, about the book. And, and I was and I did, I said, I, I wish I'd had some other peer models like this when we were 
early in our marriage and raising a family. And it, it wasn't because he didn't want to help with the kids. He, we had talked actually before we ever had kids about how we would ideally work half time, each of us, and then the other half time parenting. Well, you know, real world didn't turn out that way. And I felt like at the time we were serving as church planners out in California, had raised money, and I I didn't feel like I could say, hey, when is it my turn? He would have, but I, that's where the courage piece comes in, I think, Andre, that you had the courage and the wisdom to say what you were feeling and not let it build up. I know there's another story in your book where you did let it build up. We let it build um, up, too. You know, you just got one, uh, one shining clarity moment right there but (laughs) right right we try to put our better stuff out there right but I was curious how how you guys learned to communicate so vulnerably um, to own what you're feeling what are some things that that you guys did to learn that I don't know when it first comes out if it sounds so vulnerable or if it's a little bit more accusatory from both of us. But, uh, you know, I th- one thing I think that we have always been good at is openly and honestly sharing what is going on. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, for me, like he is my person. So he's my safe place. Mm-hmm. He is my person. If I cannot tell him all the things that I am feeling, then I, I don't have, I don't have that, you know? And, um, and so I want, and, and he should be the one person that I can be the most vulnerable with. Um, Absolutely. And so I think for him, I know that there's a confidence in our relationship that he's not leaving, he's committed, he's staying. Mm -hmm. And then therefore, I can say whatever I want, like, and how I need, you know, because there is that safety, right? There, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a safe relationship, a safe place, and I can be vulnerable with him in that space. That that doesn't mean that I have not gone and left the house and taken some long walks at times <laughs> to kind of process I what always, I just I heard. Always, it doesn't always come out great. I'll just say that. <laughs> Remember when I said I was a bulldozer? I am a bulldozer. So yeah, my, we, we all have those moments, right? Like but, I, I, yeah. I, I think, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think one thing we learned about ourselves and in interviewing so many people is a, a phrase that a lot of people taught us was this idea that um, the person that you marry when you first get married is not the only person this person will be. So like you marry multiple versions of your partner. Yes. And if that is true, if you can come to the realization that that is true of both of us, then you have to constantly be curious about what this new person is looking like and thinking and feeling and changing. And so, yeah, I mean, we are in constant question mode to one another. I usually drive the questions. I don't always get the answers that I was hoping for on the front end, but like just opening the dialogue and asking questions of the person that you love means you're staying curious and wanting to keep knowing this developing person that's sitting right in front of you. Yeah. I think that's an important um, relationship skill to be able to ask questions, not just to fill the time, but because I genuinely want to know What's going on in your world, your mind, your heart, your soul? 
I have over 30 years experience as a marriage counselor. So I've seen a lot of couples and I it really is striking to me. I know your marriage is not perfect. There isn't a perfect marriage. But it is a little more unusual to find people that have such a healthy relationship. Yes, we don't always say it perfectly. Yes, we go throw something and then take a walk. But you can come back and repair it and make plans for the future and continue to keep moving forward as new versions of yourself, Mm. new versions of your marriage. Mm. So I really, um, I admire that in your relationship. And I think it really comes through. And I just want to kind of say that from the outside, because it's like anything else, we the world we see every day through our own eyes, we just think, well, isn't everybody this way? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think you guys have a real thriving and healthy marriage. And you mentioned earlier that you've read a lot of books. Have you guys ever um, used a relationship coach or gone to marriage counseling or have <laughs> mentor couples that you meet it's with? It's so funny you ask that. Uh, well, one of the stats that we found in our research was that only 8% of all working couples have ever seen a counselor. 8%. Isn't that amazing? Which is really sad. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, mm-hmm. we had not seen... We had we did have a lot of kind of mentor couples in our relationships, but we had not seen a counselor until about two years ago. Until we started this project, the and project, I was ago. determined that it was going to make our marriage fall apart. So we actually did this one podcast where Andre, we get in the car and we're going to counseling, and she, which I was just not that excited to go to see this counselor, and because I thought she was like preparing to like. Dump something. Dump something. Like, I just, there's so many. The first time you go is so intimidating. And so she started recording. She started asking me all these questions in the car ride to the counselor. Why are you so nervous, Jeff? I'm like, well, first of all, why are you recording us right now? Like, I'm like, I was just combating everything. And it was a great episode. Yeah. And then she recorded us afterwards. It wasn't, there was no big thing we were trying to drop on one another it was like it was just Mm -hmm. the proactivity to kind of go hey check in we love each other Mm -hmm. let's keep that going let's keep learning more things about each other let's go deeper together let's bring up some stuff with a third party that Mm -hmm. isn't gonna hurt one another you know let's have a translator for a couple of the big questions we were dealing with and so anyway so now i wouldn't say we go all the time but we keep checking in it's been really healthy ever since yeah. Well, I I use the term coach because the best athletes, I remember reading an article years ago about Tiger Woods, and even when he was at the top of his game, he still had a coach, mm-hmm. somebody that stood outside and gave subtle feedback or feedback about subtle things that he could change to be just a little better. And, is, you know, marriage is that way, like, even a good marriage, we can still work on, right, mm-hmm. to to improve. So um, that's that's interesting. And I, I always tell people, too, like, just have someone that you can check in with maybe once a year, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, set your goals for the year and, and then come back and just check in mm-hmm. so that things don't get so far down the road mm-hmm. that – Sometimes it's not salvageable. Right. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. That was helpful. What 
what was one of the most challenging parts of this project for you guys? Um, so <laughs> there's hey, lots of things. <laughs> hey, I, I, this is like low, really low on the totem pole. But one of the most challenging things is to try to get, we interview couples. So like when we interview, we're super busy. And to interview two other people that are crazy busy, yes. to try to get four schedules uh -huh. on the calendar at the same time is ridiculous. But that's not like a huge finding, but that was like <laughs> one one realistic aspect of, of the That's the for the challenge. podcast. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I know I experienced that too. And just getting couples that are willing to talk about their marriage. Yeah. But you're right, trying to schedule multiple people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, also, just, you know, I, I think writing in general um, is for us, like, like I was kind of saying earlier, that we have both different really creative processes in that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you just go into something expecting you're going to be the same, and then you realize, oh, we're, this is not working, you know, and we are not <laughs> the same. And so, yeah, and I, I think I needed to know, learn, he is a creative already, so he knows his mm. process. He's already in that space a lot, and I'm in medicine. There's literally nothing creative yeah. about it. Like, you are following <laughs> the, the, the rules. And um, well, I don't know. There've been there've been some very creative solutions yeah, suggested true. for COVID nineteen, right? So. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, but it's just been so for me. I had to learn my own creative process, and I think I okay. started just being really frustrated in a lot of ways because I was just mimicking him for a while. Like, well, Jeff's written books before, so I guess I'll just do yeah. like what he does, you know. And then realizing uh -huh. like, oh, there's just I can't do that, you know. He's a very he needs to be in a creative space, people are, you know, this kind of very creative environment where that is just distracting for me, like 100% okay. distracting. So he jumps from coffee shops to coffee shops and place to place, you know, let's go check out this cool new place. And I'm like, lock me in a closet. Like, that's what I need. Like, <laughs> I don't, I need my candle, my laptop and a closet, you know. And so for us, we just had to figure that out you know so but that goes for anything I think even in relationships is you know that we're very different he's a visionary he's a you know person that has great big dreams great big things and I'm yeah. the practical to-do person and so I think I had to learn also just in our relationship to not even you know to not be a dream crusher because I'm really good at that uh, okay. I'm really good at dream crushing <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he told me himself. And so, yeah, so there's lots of things that we've had to like navigate in our relationship too. That's very similar, you know. Gotcha. Um, and, and it is a learning process ongoing, learning about each other, right? Yeah. I think you mentioned in your book about your Enneagram types. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or was it a post I read? Yeah, I'm an eight, a challenger, and Andre's a one. Yeah. Okay. So they say we are have fire and ice. Fire and ice. Have y'all, but you're in the same triad, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, have you guys dug into the Enneagram or other personality profiles to kind of understand how the other is wired or what, what are your thoughts about profiles? That's so and funny. I, when you, when you ask that question, I've literally done, 
I don't know of a profile. You could name any pro. I've done every profile you could possibly <laughs> think of. I started doing them. My my dad and mom did. We did the disc the assessment uh-huh. when I when I was ten. We did it as a family. Like this is part of like my life really? growing like up. Leadership, yeah, really, nonstop. yeah. Uh, oh. So I very I love assessments, but I will say the Enneagram for us in our marriage has actually been one of the most probably healing and mm-hmm. informative things that we've done mm-hmm. to learn about each other um, because it, it's it we just understood something deeper within each of us um, so that's been a mm-hmm. that's probably been the most helpful for our relationship yeah I've used the disc a lot and it was very helpful at a time uh, Mark was in his mid-40s we were using it in the business, but it was the first time that he was affirmed Mm. for who he is and didn't think there was something wrong with him. And so we've gone pretty deep in the disc. And then the last two years have dived more into the Enneagram. And I think especially when you're in a big project like you have been to understand, okay, what do I do under stress? And what does she do or he do under stress? And yeah, very, very helpful. Yeah. And I, I think it was the same with me is for so long, you know, we fight all the time, like every day, there's something. And I'm like, why I look at other couples, and I'm like, nobody fights as much as we fight, like there is something <laughs> wrong. And then because I'm like, very, very strong willed, I'm like, well, then it must be my fault. Like, I must be the problem, right? And, and, and so I just immediately had this, I don't know, shame or guilt or something like mm. that something I was doing or who I was, was creating the problem here. And um, yeah, and then reading the Enneagram and then realizing that like, oh, he's a challenger, like he <laughs> loves this, you know, like, <laughs> not my fault yeah and then reading it the relationship of the two numbers where it was like this is how you this is how you process you both go after the same thing in completely different ways so we have the exact same goal and we both generally do we just are like coming at it in completely different ways and then like attacking on the way in you know and to realize that that it was both I was like I am okay amazing like there is nothing wrong with me and yeah it was very freeing very freeing for me yeah awesome yeah I I'm a big advocate of personality profiles whatever but I do love the Enneagram because of all the the growth Mm. you can gain from it personally if you're willing to do that work well in the process of interviewing you guys interviewed a hundred couples, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Did you ever get to the point of going, ah, twenty-five is good enough? Or oh, I said that all the time. <laughs> no, we we had a pretty big goal, and we're we're we kind of keep our keep our goals as the priority. So yeah, we were sticking awesome. to a hundred, but now that we're over a hundred, I'm like, hey, now there's some questions being asked. Now for we're sure. reevaluating. <laughs> okay. Well, it's that season time yeah. to reevaluate, yeah. right? I'm curious, um, how did this project change you personally and in your relationship? Yeah, I mean, I think 
One of the things that, I, I mean, we kind of look at all these interviews we've done, and I don't know if you experience this as you're doing these interviews, but it kind of ends up being like a little bit of marriage counseling ourselves. Like whenever you're processing mm-hmm. someone else's story, you kind of apply that mm-hmm. to your own. So, I mean, we had to over a hundred times in the last yeah. three years, we have unpacked someone else's story and applied it to our own lives. And that is like a really healthy practice. Like what did we learn from them? What works for us? What didn't, ag- what didn't we agree with? What do we agree with? How, you know, we're, we're asking those questions at the end of every interview we do. And yeah. um, uh-huh. so it ended up being really helpful for us to invest time and energy to kind of go, well, what do we think about that situation? Uh, so that's something I would, I would definitely say became apparent for us, right? Well, and we went to counseling, even though I didn't want to go to counseling. <laughs> uh, for me, I would say this more individually. For me, as, um, let's see, I would say that, you know, Jeff has written books before, he's done this before. There's this kind of ease that he has. And for me, like everything felt terrifying and f- new. And uh, I think Brene Brown calls it FFTs, like your first time, you know, and everything when it's your first time it just feels so vulnerable and so terrifying and I write a lot just in general but that's my like internal processing I do and right so I journal and but it is for me like a hundred percent so I've never written for somebody to read and that is very very scary and I knew that I had to be vulnerable and I knew that that was um, the way like to connect with women, to connect with people. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was it was really scary. I would say that. Mm-hmm. And and also um, just acknowledging like I'm going to have to put it out there and be vulnerable with my story. And because that is how we change. That's how we grow. So, yeah, I think, and I, as I was in it, I remember, I mean, I've had, I don't know how many times I had to say this to you, Andrea, I'm like, as I was reading things she was writing, I'm like, wow, this is really powerful because you're saying what so many specifically women need to have the courage to say. And you're yes. saying something that so many men need to read because mm-hmm. their partner can't say this to them. So it's been really fun for me to watch her step into that next phase of her voice being heard. I mean, I think I can't say it enough, like to experience that and to see the courage within your partner is something which is really, really beautiful and attractive and mm-hmm. yeah, very attractive. So Ooh. there's that. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> You're going to have a good night and tonight. The- wow. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean to keep going or are gonna, is that enough? <laughs> She's like more, more. <laughs> and the modeling it is for your daughter. You have a daughter and a, a son, daughter right? And a son, yeah. yeah. A daughter and a son, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, how that models for your daughter because many of us just, we didn't have those models. Mm. So you guys are breaking some new ground and I'm very grateful for it. Was there any advice that surprised you along the way? I mean, there is a lot of surprises. I mean, like the the stat, 95% of the people do believe it's possible to change the world, stay in love, and have a healthy marriage, that or and, uh, stay in love and raise a healthy family. Um, 
that was surprising. It was crazy optimistic. We didn't think it would come out mm. that high. Uh, in addition, that eighty three percent of the couples say that working has made them a better parent. That was mm. wow. Like. I think we think that. I don't know if we had the clarity to claim that without the research. Um, yeah. There is a stat that was really, really interesting that uh, about vacation. What was that number? 60... 41%. Oh. Yeah. 41% of people use all their vacation time. So that's yeah. like almost 60% yeah. that don't. That don't use their vacation. So it's like there's all this. They believe it's possible. They're exhausted while doing it. And they don't use their vacation. You're just like, what? Um, so there's a lot of the statistics that were surprising. It was interesting as we got further into interviewing people, though, we started seeing so many overlapping stories. Common threads. Hmm. Common threads. It was like, oh, we've heard that before. Oh, we've heard that before. We've heard that before. Uh -huh. So I think it, which was confirmation that we were on to something, you know? Um, but overall, it's like couples today, the modern couple of today, it's not if they can do it. It's like they're going to do it. We're going to we're going to figure this out because I believe mm -hmm. so much in what Andre does. She believes so much in what I do. We're going to figure this thing out. We don't know how. When we started this, we didn't know how. That was kind of the premise of it. But we're committed to both of us living out our purpose in life. Now, that makes it yeah. a real shared partnership. That means we have to make mm -hmm. decisions for each other. So I think that was kind of like, no, we're we're in it. And I, and a lot of the couples that we interview say that same thing. Sorry. I just you said just, a, I just said a bunch on. of stuff. You I just started it, you going. You said it all. I don't know what to add to that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I I am seeing that some with the podcast interviews that I'm doing as well. Just like you said, common themes. And it's like, oh, okay, there it is again. And one of the common themes I see is that sense of partnership. Uh, in thriving marriages. Mm -hmm. There's some common things in marriages that don't survive too, but we're not going to yeah. go there. That's not what today is about. I I was thinking about how writing a book or starting a project is kind of like birthing a baby. And so you've birthed this baby and it may be too soon to ask. I remember after I, we have two boys and a girl and after our second was born, a second son, literally minutes after I delivered, my husband looks at me and says, so you want to try for a girl? And I was too like, soon. are you kidding me? <laughs> so it may be too soon to ask what's next, but I got to ask it. What, what is next? Or is it too soon? Well, this afternoon, we got to go pick up some tile from Lowe's. We're redoing our bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> like real life stuff, right? It's like, uh, but I think, you know, uh, related to this project, something that's next, Andre and I did, we recorded these videos. Mm, um, yeah. oh. So one of the things that we, <laughs> as we've gotten into this, one thing we've realized is that n not a lot of men read books. Yes. Or especially relationship books. Especially relationship books. True. But yeah, Truth. we've learned all this stuff. And we know mm -hmm. if the relationships, whatever partnership you have, is going to find some kind of connection. You both need to be learning in some new way. So, um, so with the book, you know, we have a regular book that you can buy or ebook. We we read the audio book because a lot of people audio, like audio is so. our yeah our own voices. But then we decide. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, we decided to do these videos um, where it's just Andre and I kind of interviewing each other. 
and oh. we um, we it's just us talking on different premises that we've learned along the way. And they're and, like five okay. to ten minutes. Um, okay, and we just want it to be something that would be super easy to just pull up on your phone on your way to a date where you mm-hmm. throw it on your phone, listen to it together, watch it together. It's five minutes, five, ten minutes, and then it gives you some questions and some ideas of something to talk about on your date. So it'll it's a lot of kind of what's in the book. So if one partner read the book, it would be fine. You could still throw this out to your, you know, your partner and have your partner watch it and be kind of on board with what's written. So that'll be like kind of a follow-up resource that'll come up in a I, we're not sure exactly when we're releasing. Let's call it a month ish around, you know. Okay, s- but they'll before be before the end of the year for sure. Like audio format video. or YouTube video. or yeah, video, 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 video. video. Yep. Okay, like on YouTube. Uh, the, we're, we're trying. We're to still decide. trying to figure all the logistics of that. Um, they'll okay, be, fair yeah, enough. But we'll. Uh, It'll that'll be, be like something an coming episode. New. Like you, you're like, oh, let me click okay. on this episode and mm-hmm. see, and it'll be topical. It's all topic. Yeah. I mean, I think whenever you, and this might be the case with you too, like whenever you spend that much energy trying trying to create content for others, trying to, mm-hmm. we've learned all this stuff that we want as many couples to learn from. So now we're trying to figure out what are all the ways that people want to engage it and make sure that they get an opportunity to experience it. Oh, I love that. Love that. Is there anything else you guys would like to share before we wrap up today? No, I mean, I, uh, I really do hope, um, that people like women specifically really feel like they have a voice in their relationship and are able to be brave and talk with their partners about the things that are, you know, tugging on their hearts or dreams that they've, you know, kind of shoved deep down for a long time that they haven't really let come to the surface because, we let everything else come before us. It's just what we do. And we sacrifice mm-hmm. ourselves in every way. And I think it's something that, I don't know, it's like it's our badge of honor or something of being a mother or being a partner. I don't know. But whatever we do, we just let everything come first. And I just really hope that this book encourages women to to get to put themselves first for a little bit and get to ask the hard questions and voice in their hearts, you know, what's going on inside. And Mm -hmm. so that's my hope. And I think ultimately, like, we want people to move from, like, a patriarchal kind of thing to, like, a partnership. So we're, like, moving from a patriarchal relationship to a full-fledged partnership. And um, that's our goal and that they would answer and read these questions. You, you're you probably going to, even just saying those words, you might disagree with me. And that's A-OK. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And you might disagree with things in this book, just like we disagree with some of these things in this book. But we hope that you'll at least go through the questions because I think yeah. that it would, it'll make you braver and stronger and want to communicate and ask each other deeper questions. So. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. That was good. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Well, and it is very helpful, like you said, Andre, to uh, in order to be brave to have something say, "Hey, I read this. Mm-hmm. Here's what this couple wrote, and here's some questions. What do you yeah. think?" You know, and just to be able to bring that to the table yeah. and open that conversation is so huge. Mm-hmm. 
you talk about sex in one chapter and about, and I would affirm this as a marriage therapist, that the most intimate part of our lives is oftentimes the hardest to talk mm -hmm. about. But you were vulnerable and courageous and with our partner, there should be nothing off limits yes. and no secrets. Yes. You guys talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. The, the way the book is set up just for our listeners is there's a chapter with questions at the end that you and your partner can discuss. And then also a reference to a, one of their podcasts that um, kind of you can deep dive in a little bit deeper on that topic. So if people want to reach you, what is the best place uh, for people to connect with you each? Yeah, on Instagram, just um, at, at loverwork. And um, that's the okay. best. We're on there every day, honestly. And if okay. we take direct messages, you'll get an answer from directly from Andre and I of, of uh, if you have follow-up questions or whatever. And, and you can get the book wherever you buy books that's available there. Um, if that's a local bookstore, call your local bookstore. Uh -huh. Or if it's Amazon, which is you know the most logistically easy for a lot of people, then please support us in that way also. Wonderful. And I would encourage, if you're listening to this podcast, seriously, just order the book today. It uh, has so much wisdom and they've done a lot of work interviewing over 100 couples. So want to thank you guys again for being my guests and for your time. And um, thank you so much. I hope we can meet in person one day. Yes, I hope so too. For sure. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, friend. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be a great honor if you would share it with a friend. Giving us a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts really helps with the discovery. And that's the name of the game, getting resources to as many couples as possible. Where else do you get so much value for just the investment of your time? Hmm, nothing's coming to mind. So go ahead and subscribe, it's free. And for those that are hard of hearing or prefer reading, you will always find a full transcript at kathyrushing.com. You're building a life together. Make it a great one. See ya.